0: apologize for who I was back then um, because I did not know what was wrong with me, um, and I was not very nice. Being transgendered uh, and growing up in a very religious household, um, I always felt very different, you
1: know? It takes a lot of courage to really go against all the values, your culture, and all the other stuff that might be going through your head.
2: Have you ever experienced like discrimination or has someone been mean to you after being transgender?
0: People can be mean in general. Recovery is, and this is sad to say, it's not just for people that want it, because there's tons of people in the world that want recovery and they'll never get it. And there's tons of people in the world that need recovery and they will never get it. The people who do get recovery are the people who do the work.
1: We sober now baby, we don't do no more drugs and no more alcohol, I know that's right, we is live and in motherfucking color all the way from my house in Tempe with my partner, shout out, he got the green screen going on, and we got my boy Kel, and then we have our beautiful special guest Jade in the building, how do you, you, what do you think about my house first of all, because it's like you're the first one to come into my little pad with, with my boy nathan i think that. it's
0: so adorable i love how you guys have it decorated it feels very homey i will say props to you for the decorating both of you i'm sure you both contributed that's what i said too that's what i said
2: to my girl like they have their house really
1: nice you know what i mean who 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 did all this Was i will say or you i will say um i don't have much to do with the decorating however <laughs> i did get the uh the the curtains and I, I did the whole ruler thing. I got the ruler out and did the whole math. math and, um, really? You know um, and we did build that uh, little desk there. Um, I like the desk. But I hey, did fail. Really I did fail with my uh, decorating um, task. So <laughs> Nathan feels that this needs more uh, pizzazz. I think it looks fine. I like it looks the...
2: good, but it may be... Maybe needs a little more.
0: I can see a little pizzazz happening. It's definitely just making it more. Uh, I mean, you can always uh, increase increase the pizzazz, right? It's never at its max. So,
1: but yeah, I think uh, I I like the simple look. Like I just like it, like simple color, just that he wants paintings. I, I I'm paintings sorry. Nice. I, I, I don't like the the little quotes all over the place. I think he kind of low key wants that, like one day at a time and all this stuff, but. <laughs> I just, I just like simple, but he did most of the, the choosing. He's actually was very involved with that. So shout Well, it out looks to him. great.
0: Shout out to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm first, I want to say I'm super excited. Um Kellen, um,
2: thank you for coming on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We were much. actually really
2: excited for this one.
0: Yeah. I was, um, I was super excited, um, that you guys had asked me, uh, to be here and um, you both are making such a huge um, impact on the recovery community Um, and Ronnie I just was so excited when you extended that invitation um, because I find as I was reviewing the channel and the videos before I came um, that there was just a lot of really great People that had come on before me, and they had shared some really amazing stories. So uh, thank you guys for what you're doing in the recovery community to share that message. So
2: thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I was excited the first because uh, you know we took them to we took them to Lambda, right? And that's, that, where... that's the
2: first time I met you, right? Yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> and that's where we were kind of doing like kind of like our own thing, like just kind of getting in the flow. And I know we were joking about it a little bit, but I'm like, I really need her on. Cause yeah, I, we I've, did say that. Because yeah. I've, I've known you for a minute, but I think I, what I like about this is that I really get your story like face to face, right? And like you said, it's really, I love this shit because it's so empowering to see everybody's different story, yeah. everybody's different struggle, everybody's different recovery path, but it's ultimately aligning to one thing, which is making themselves a better person. So that's definitely where we're going to jump on today. But we're also going to do some quick fire questions. But lightning like, round. Lightning Ooh. round. Lightning Ooh. round. But like you said, if you don't want to answer, it's okay. Just, this just this is the one we do for everybody. Yeah, right? we, do it, we do it
2: for everyone.
0: Go for it.
1: All right, so quick fire. Favorite cereal?
0: Um, I'd have to say Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's been Ooh. my favorite since I was a kid. That's good. Favorite uh, drink? Uh, favorite drink? Yeah. I would have to say... um monster you can never have enough caffeine
1: okay you don't mess with the bangs
0: <laughs> i do do the bangs when i work out which bangs. isn't very often if you can tell but um yeah when i do i definitely love the bangs
1: all right what's your favorite position
0: <laughs> um usually on my knees when i'm praying
1: um, <laughs> lovely so. lovely i like that it's one, one of mine yeah. as well my favorite <laughs> um vape cigarettes
0: um i i used to smoke cigarettes um During COVID, because I know there was a huge fear that when you're a smoker, you tend to get, um, you could potentially get COVID, I guess, faster or more or whatever. So I switched to vaping. That's kind of where I've stayed so far. So favorite show? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say the one that's most recent um, was on Netflix, Bridgerton. I think it's called Bridgerton
2: you seen it? I don't watch TV later. you seen it?
0: Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but I think it's a, a super, um, I like those shows that are like back in uh, 1800s time frame, mm. early 1900s, because I feel like there's like a sense of um, uh, interesting of, of the culture and how that was back then, and it also has a little bit of fantasy in it, which is kind of cool, because I do like the princess and the prince's stories, so...
2: What about Game of Thrones? you like Game of Thrones?
0: I have never seen Game of Thrones. I am um, probably one of you know a select handful. You I have... see Ronnie hasn't seen either. Um, <laughs> yes. That see uh, never got into Game of Thrones. It's not. It just never appealed to me. So.
2: Man, you're gonna you'll love it if you like that. Stuff in the back in time. Well, mm-hmm. that's
0: what everyone told me, and they were like, "Oh, you know, there's a great storyline and stuff." But I think because everyone hyped it up so much, I was just kind of—that's my rebellion, yeah. rebellious personality. It's for um, a reason, though. Since it's, for a it's a so great, I'm probably just not gonna watch it because you want me to. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I haven't been able to get on that. What uh, Disney princess do you relate to the most?
0: Oh, I love that question. Um, I would say I really love. I don't know if I relate to them the most, but um, Ariel, um, I a little it. mermaid. I I I, I I don't. I guess I would say that because she is so unique and so different. Um, you know, she obviously was a mermaid, and she um, had this dream of of being a part of a world uh, of humans and and falling in love, and and I feel like that's uh, a huge transformation story that I really relate to Mm -hmm. in my own personal life, so.
1: I know, I love The Little Mermaid. My middle name's Ariel. Is it really? What? Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well now we know, now we know. We like you
0: more now. (laughs) Okay, Ariel, I see see you.
1: Where your fins (laughs) at? Okay, what about your favorite fast food place?
0: Oh my goodness, I could not even list all of them. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if I'd pick a favorite, I will say uh, since Cane's came into the Valley, Mm. um, I do love some Cane's Mm. chicken uh, Mm. and their secret sauce. Um, Chicken fingers are some good stuff, so.
2: Top three then, top three, Cane's then? Cane's,
0: and then I would have to say In-N-Out Burger, it's definitely on there, somewhere. Um, And then I would have to say Portillo's. I love their hot dogs. I know everyone says it takes X amount of years off your life. I'm sure I've done that already with some <laughs> of the things I've done. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun. But I think they they do really great uh, Italian Chicago style
2: hot dogs. So. I personally think In-N-Out is overrated.
0: Everyone says that. Um, I think I was accustomed to it because I lived in Las Vegas originally. Mm. And In-N-Out was there because uh, it's a California company. So yeah. it went California... Uh, Nevada, mm-hmm. And so I got to experience that when I was in my probably early teens. Um, and so it's kind of just always been like one of my favorites.
2: Uh, so if you like grew it. up on
0: it, you may have loved it more. I'm more uh, of a
2: Whataburger guy. Ooh, Whataburger. I do
0: love Whataburger. I do love water burger, Um, because I don't like to cook. That's why I said there's so many fast food restaurants mm-hmm. that I eat from. Um, I tend to eat out quite often, hence the gaining of the weight, which... <laughs> You know, mind you, that COVID also, like, give me some credit, COVID also probably impacted that as well, but um, I definitely do love to eat, I'm not going to lie.
1: Who doesn't? Yeah, me too, especially (laughs) since I got sober, baby. All I do is eat, 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 and sometimes I eat when I'm bored, or like, just to make me, like, I literally, genuinely get excited, like, Nathan could probably tell you, like, (laughs) I really love eating, like, it's an experience, you know what I mean? It is, that's all good. At least we ain't doing no more drugs or alcohol. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Absolutely.
0: No, I think, uh, and and this is something I feel as well is, um, when you have or when you start, um, you know, in recovery and you're replacing, uh, they say that you replace certain, um, old behaviors, uh, with new ones. Mm-hmm. I definitely know food can become one of those new, uh, replacement addiction pieces. If mm-hmm. if if it's not monitored and done in the right way you know what i mean um so it's definitely something uh i i struggle with i will admit that's a struggle my weight um this is probably the biggest i've been since um actually i don't think i've ever been this big uh so i can't really relate it to something but i can say um i am very happy in recovery um so i guess if you have to say that you know you've gained a little weight and you look a little bit different versus being how my life was before, no. I'll take this.
1: No. So. so what's your sobriety date?
0: So, um, I uh, have a sobriety date of uh, December 26th of 2016. Uh, so I just celebrated five years. That's thank great. You
2: yeah. so. Thank you, thank you. Proud of you.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Um, it was definitely one of those unexpected experiences so kind of rewinding mm-hmm. um I've I've struggled with um, uh, addiction um, most of my life um, you know they say a lot of things um, you know either you're uh, you're born with it or you inherit it from your family Genetics, or yep. circumstances provided that I mean um I've, I've come to the, the understanding um, you know that uh, I, I struggle with Um, a disease that uh, isn't an uh, an allergy essentially um, that um, causes me to um, be uh, seek things that are going to make me feel better um, or take me out of myself I think you know growing up you know I correlated feeling different I hear that a lot of times that people who come into recovery they felt you know very different from their surroundings whether it be you know they felt unique in their family situations Mm -hmm. or they didn't fit in Mm -hmm. i definitely have that same um experience um being transgendered uh and growing up in a very religious household um i always felt very different Mm -hmm. you know um I understand today that being transgender doesn't, is not why I'm an alcoholic mm. or I've experienced addiction in the past. Um, being transgendered is just something that was, um, and learning how to navigate that. It definitely probably accelerated me um, with not understanding myself and being in an environment where others didn't understand me either um, to get to where I got to. Um, but I think, uh, in my early twenties when I actually realized, you know, that drinking was becoming a problem for me, um, that I was using it to deal with, uh, first it was, it was fun, right? Mm -hmm. It always starts out Mm -hmm. fun going to the club, having, you know, early twenties, you're experiencing all the things that life has to offer. And then at some point it became a necessity. Um, and, and drinking no longer was, uh, a, a tool that was used for um, having fun, it became a way for me to uh, function and deal with my life. Um, and I I didn't know, and I think a lot of people don't know that they're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't raised in an alcoholic home. Um, I didn't have any friends that struggled with addiction. Um, so I didn't know that's what it was. Um, I just knew that life was not unfolding as I had planned Mm -hmm. um and that um things were getting progressively worse in my life um so eventually over the course of of time I was able to land myself in um some support systems to help me through that time uh and to help me to kind of get some knowledge around what uh, the disease of alcoholism is um and how that affects um uh, you know, the mind, body, and spirit. Um, and I learned about the, the spiritual malady and all this stuff. Mm. Um, being an early, uh, a young person um, in your early 20s, experiencing that, I don't think that that was something that I fully was willing to accept or that was something that I agreed with. Um, because when you think of somebody that struggles with addiction, I know that I always have that preconceived notion that it was somebody who um, was, you know, on Skid Row, mm-hmm, homeless. Yep. Um, you know, I had this image in my head. Um, and I didn't think that I fit that criteria. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories yep. as you, you know, seek out uh, recovery support groups and things like that. And they share their, their experiences. And I'm like, I don't have those same experiences. I'm in my, young, my, my 20, early 20s. I haven't lost, you know, family and jobs and all these things. I'm very unique Mm -hmm. and I'm very different. And Mm -hmm. I think if I, I I know now that, uh, the disease of addiction, um, you know, centers in my mind, Mm -hmm. um, and it wants to isolate me, um, from others, you know, it wants to separate human connection, Mm um, by making me feel as though others don't understand or that I am, very unique um with being a transgendered woman and um going and joining um maybe those support groups or systems that um aren't you know they, they weren't transgendered they didn't have that same experience um and so i had uh i found all of the differences of why i was not like them mm-hmm. and i think as a result of that disease being so cunning baffling and powerful um it ended up uh, I, I suffered longer uh, unnecessarily. Um, you know, they talk about, uh, there's so many resources in today's world of, um, you know, healthcare providers and um, programs that exist today that can help to support those who are seeking recovery. And they say that recovery is for anybody and everyone. Um, and that's absolutely true. And it is available for everyone and anyone um but recovery isn't just showing up and asking for help mm-hmm. um there's a lot more that's involved and i don't feel as though i was ready to take those actions to experience um, and i definitely learned a lot you know a lot of lessons i don't think you go through recovery experiences and when you don't stay uh that you lose that knowledge that you've gained over the period of time mm-hmm. um, that you did have, um, it's just something that uh, you know, you have to get back up and re-emerge yeah. yourself into that recovery experience um, so that you can um, start to develop a healthier life and and um, understand yourself a lot more. I mean, there's so many, wonderful, mm. amazing gifts that I've been given as a result of that. So, I
2: have I have, I have a lot of questions. Yes, so, absolutely. I'm going to go back. When did you first experience like alcohol or drugs?
0: Um, I would say first experience was probably in, in my young teens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was definitely a recreational experience. I think the story of, you know, young adolescents deciding... That they're going to go to a friend's house whose parents have alcohol, and they're going to experiment or sample that. Mm-hmm. That was definitely something um, that I wanted to to experience, um, but I didn't. I didn't identify myself as being different at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed everyone drank to um, excess <laughs> because we didn't know how, so it wasn't really. I didn't really correlate that with anything serious. So,
2: And did you ever um, get in any trouble while drinking while you were young?
0: I can't, I can say there was definitely consequences. Mm. I think you definitely have consequences when you, uh, if you're, if you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing anyways. And when I say (laughs) that there's always going to be consequences that kind of come from that. Um, So definitely I had consequences. Um, quite often in my life uh, as an adolescent. It happens. It happens.
2: And when did you um, when did you want to transition? When did you make up your mind that you wanted to transition?
0: So um, I always knew that I was transgendered. Um, I think from the age of eight I knew that that was something that was very unique and different. But I didn't there wasn't a name that I knew. Mm. I didn't know what to call it. And Mm -hmm. I felt very Um, different, because I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was a man who was attracted to men, Mm. Um, and so I just didn't understand that, Um, and that was really hard, Um, I I made that decision when I was probably uh, 18 going on 19, Mm. Um, there was a conscious choice that I made, because I had struggled with depression, and I had struggled with, um, you know, obviously low sense of self-worth, and uh, my self-identity, Um, And by that time in life, I think most people had a a firm understanding of at least who they were and what their core values were and where they were headed in their life. Um, And I did not have that. Um, I didn't have an understanding. Uh, I wasn't going to be following the motions of the world anymore. Mm -hmm. It was... I came to this pivotal moment in my life, which was... I can either... um, end where I'm at currently and live the rest of my life unhappy Mm -hmm. or I can make a decision to go against society's norms and to go against um, my religious beliefs that my family had instilled in me um and I knew that if I had chosen that path that I would end up losing um my family and 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 potentially just separating myself from that religious life that I had lived for so many years. Um, so that's when I, I made that decision.
2: And you don't have to answer this, but how, how did your family take it?
0: Oh, not well. Not well. <laughs> that was very easy. <laughs> they didn't take it very well. Um, we, we had several years of separation as mm. a result. Um, I think from their perspective, um, which I understand today, but I didn't get it back then. Um, when I was transitioning, they were also transitioning. They are trying to figure out how to have a child that is transgender Mm -hmm. i think one of the things that's not really shared or discussed a lot is from that parent's point of view or perspective is you know our parents have these children and they have you know these beliefs and ideas of who their children are going to grow up to be and they have these dreams for them Mm -hmm. um which isn't wrong uh, it's just wrong when you try to enforce that uh, onto them, but uh, when when we don't achieve that or meet those dreams or fulfill the ideas they have set for you, it's extremely disappointing. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's not quote unquote part of the norm society norms. Yeah. Um, and so them learning how to navigate that was also a huge transition, not just for my parents but also for uh, my siblings as well so. Are
2: they cool with it now?
0: Um, they are a lot more accepting. Okay, that's good. I have a really strong relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very... Uh, I recognize that I'm extremely blessed in the sense that I know that a lot of members of the LGBT community uh, that do come out um, don't have that same type of support. Um, and, and it just never happens. You know, it just never happens for them. Um, and I was blessed in those first six years uh, to have several amazing, incredible people um, in recovery uh, love and, and support me um, and took on, you know, surrogate roles of my, my father and my mother mm-hmm. and my, my siblings. Um, and they absolutely had no clue about what a transgender was or how to deal with that. They just loved me that's because great. I was me and they supported and encouraged and taught me so many things that I did not know that I had not learned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know, you know, that was a saving grace in my life because I don't think that if I had them that I would have survived um, because the... the Early 20s, and I know they say the 20s are hard for everybody. And I hear people say, well, I would never want to relive my 20s. I feel the same way. No. I would never want to relive, relive my 20s because those lessons were hard yeah. but necessary. Yep. Mm. Right? Necessary. And, and it's even harder when you don't have your family support. Um, and so for those people to selflessly show up and love me unconditionally, uh, for just being a human being um, who was in struggle with trying to navigate the world. It was just, it's incredible. Um, and I, I have lost contact with several, probably a majority of them, um, but they, they changed my life and they impacted me uh, in such a positive way. So um, I don't take that for granted um, that I have my family back and that I was given some amazing people in my life to walk with me uh, along that journey.
1: What's your cultural background? Um, yeah. So
0: I am uh, biracial, and am mixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Native American, Hispanic, Filipino, and Caucasian. Yes,
1: Caucasian. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm only asking because, you know, I'm obviously gay. And I know from, <laughs> for, like, and I'm thinking of, you know, how hard it was for me to even kind of authentically be myself while I lived at home just because my my family just it was it was just so taboo even now but like you said they've kind of gone through a transition with me so i kind of want to go into that a little bit just because i i personally can't imagine like having to i guess take me back to that time where you had to tell um your your family like hey this is it and (laughs) and take me back to that
0: i think that they always knew um i'll be really honest not a lot has changed from how i talk and how i behave Mm -hmm. this was this isn't an act i've always had this Mm -hmm. um i've always talked like this i've always had these mannerisms Mm -hmm. um so you obviously could look at me and tell there was something different about Mm me um and uh you know they they knew that that was happening it was just not something that they wanted to acknowledge i mean when i was a child that those were i dressed up like a woman a girl Mm -hmm. high heels barbie dolls like that's those are the toys i played with that's how i felt that's what i did um, and it was very different for them, um, because, you know, boys in society, there's very clear defined roles. Uh, a man mm-hmm. is X, Y, and Z and a woman is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So a little boy playing with Barbie dolls or yeah. playing dress up, mm-hmm. pretending she's a little mermaid or whatever it is, um, is not, you know, a, 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 an acceptable thing. Um, and when I, uh, finally made that decision to do that um it was very painful um you know my whole life I had grown up being taught and and mind you I wasn't a very good participant of my family environment I talked to my parents a lot about this um and apologized for who I was back then um Mm -hmm. because I did not know what was wrong with me um, and I was not very nice growing up. I was definitely that, that troubled teenager that struggled in many different areas of life um, and made it very hard for them to parent. Um, and they were just doing the best that they could. Mm. They were doing the best they could. Um, and I, I absolutely love them and appreciate you know all that they've done for me. Um, but I uh, made that choice and I knew where their, their values and beliefs were. Here are our values and beliefs, and if you decide to do something different from that, you know, we can't we can't support that. And I understood that. Um, so it wasn't like a surprise to me mm-hmm. when I made the decision to be myself that they didn't want to be a part of that with me. They didn't want to support my life in that way. Um, and, and it was devastating for me. It was devastating for me because um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, And, and they wouldn't have been even helpful anyways, because they didn't know what to do either. So it was kind of one of those things I had to learn and figure out who I was going to be um, and and how to, to live in this world. And one of the best piece of advice I ever gotten, it was from this amazing woman in recovery. And she's like, if you are a good person, you can be whoever you want to be. You can be gay, transgender, lesbian, Um, you can be, you can live your life as an an elf, whatever you want to live your life as, um, as long as you're a good person and you're kind to other people Mm -hmm. um, you can live whatever life that you want Um, and so that support and encouragement um, helped me to start to tailor an idea of who I wanted to be as a person. It was a whole new moment because I was starting to live my life as who I believe I was always meant to be And I was having these life experiences as that person that I had never experienced before. Mm -hmm. I had never experienced, um, you know, being, being told that I was beautiful, um, Mm -hmm. or that I was good enough or experienced that, um, I belonged. I think most of my life, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Um, I never felt good enough. I struggled with self-esteem obviously and, um finding my place in this world and i feel as though people are a lot kinder than you would think they would be um if you give them the benefit of the doubt that they have inherently people are good Mm -hmm. inherently people are good and they they showed so much love and kindness and compassion to me um and and taught me so many amazing things that i didn't have and didn't know how to do and they walked through like I said those those parts of my life with me when my family could not so
1: I mean that's super special like and because we're we're in a different time right now right like you you embraced your your authentic self at a time where it wasn't as um like open and like there wasn't as much education surrounding the LGBT community and stuff like that. Like you, you just said that you didn't even know what you were going through, right? And right now it's um, all over the place. I mean, the internet is just taking over and it's super quick to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you do, how do you embrace that now? You know, knowing that you had that that power, like it, it takes a lot of courage to really go against all the values, your culture, and all the other stuff that might be going through your head. How do you, how do you see yourself employing that courage now in in your daily life?
0: One of the things, and that's a wonderful question. Yeah, was One of the things I think that's extremely um, that I found through experience, life experience, um, is that courage is derived from vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is. Yeah. Um, In definition, uh, the ability to be truly seen. Um, And so when you are willing to accept who you are um, and willing to start to be who it is that you were meant to be, uh, your authenticity starts to show. And that takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes courage to tell someone... um, you know, invulnerability to tell somebody that that you're struggling with addiction it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to expose yourself and your story to other people. Um, and so, I think in today's uh, in today's life, um, my courage is shown through the ability to just be seen. Mm-hmm. I don't shy away from being who I am. Um, I, I really genuinely love myself. That was something that I struggled with, like I said, most of my life. Um, and so when I started to accept myself, um, I was able to start accepting other people as being exactly who they were meant mm-hmm. to be. Um, and uh, it, that's been one of the biggest life lessons and gifts that I've received. Um, and, you know, when I say these lessons have occurred... Lessons are continually happening for mm-hmm. me. So it's not like you learn the lesson and it's over. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. something that's a <laughs> continual process that I'll be going through the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, as I learn to accept new parts of me, you know, and and new new ideas and concepts. And you were right. One of the things you did say that was interesting was um, the LGBT community wasn't as open in the recovery space uh, or it wasn't as pronounced Mm -hmm. they've always been around and I know that they have and they may have been um and they were around in my early 20s I just didn't find them and it wasn't talked about very much Mm -hmm. um in uh you would consider the normal recovery world um I was very unique and different um I was very I was the only one of me that I knew of Mm -hmm. and so it was scary and exciting it was scary because um I didn't have anybody to look up to Um, And it was exciting because I did love being the only me. Um, But when I did finally find um, an amazing group of people who I was willing to hear their stories and allow myself to relate to them, um, it broke the myth that I was unique and special. I believe we're all unique and special, but for somebody who's in recovery, being unique and special can be a hindrance in your ability Mm, to recover. And so being able to accept that um i am unique and special and one of many who are unique and special um really allowed me the opportunity to grow into myself so
2: i feel like it takes a lot of courage to do this kind of stuff um i also have another question what advice would you give somebody that maybe is struggling with you know struggling with their identity
0: i would say and that's a really good question, too. I wasn't, I hadn't thought about these. Um, what you might ask. I would give them the advice to be kind to themselves. Um, and then be kind to others. Be kind to yourself because you're going through so many changes and you're struggling so much with so many different things that maybe others aren't. Um, and you deserve. Um, to allow yourself to be off the hook, um, because you're learning all these things and you're experiencing, and it's okay that you don't know and you don't understand all of the things that you're going through, Mm -hmm. all the feelings and experiences, um, and then be kind to others because they're learning too, Mm -hmm. and, and they're doing the best that they can, Mm -hmm. just like you're doing the best that you can, Mm -hmm. they're doing the best that they can, right? And I think one of the other things too is we expect people in recovery and in tr- changes in general that they should know how to behave or how to act through those changes. And, and people are just people mm-hmm. doing the best they can and yeah. they don't know, mm-hmm. right? We're all just still learning. No matter what age you're at, you're always still learning how to allow yourself to experience new things that you've not done before right so
1: that's such a beautiful thing like and i like that you mentioned that you're still learning lessons right like this shit doesn't end like this shit is just keeps fucking going right um earlier you were also talking about love so with the amount of love that you've grown into yourself how do you think that plays into relationships with other people
0: Oh, that's a great question, too. I love it. You guys are just throwing the <laughs> throwing the fastballs, which is great. Um, I think that one of the, the things that we experience when we start to learn about our new self, the sober, recovered self, is who we are and the things we like, um, the things that we don't like, mm-hmm. what our boundaries are. Uh, what our core morals and beliefs are. Um, and as we start to accept and love those about ourselves, it allows for you to sit across the table from another person and to hear their story uh, or hear them set a boundary or hear them share uh, something that's really hard um, and for you to be able to respect, relate, um, and, and to have that human connection with them. Um, and I think through my experience, I, I love the saying through the experience comes the understanding. Mm. Um, and it's, I had to go through what I went through so that I could share this experience with other people who will come behind me who will also struggle, uh, with whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be transgendered and it doesn't have to be addiction. It can yeah. just be basic things, yeah. but, um, because I have, you know, experience, And X, Y, and Z, I can help other people. Um, And so I think I show my love by, uh, and and am able to show my love by sharing those experiences with people.
2: I was going to ask too, because you said you were in in recovery, right? Mm -hmm. When did you like think, okay, I I really have a problem or what made you think I have a problem and I need to get into recovery?
0: Oh, so many things. (laughs) 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 That's a loaded question. Um, I think I'm going to speak from the emotional side Mm -hmm. because obviously you can say so many materialistic experiences or things occurred which I'm sure everyone has had consequences Mm -hmm. as a result of addiction um I just couldn't do it Mm -hmm. I just couldn't live that way and I was so scared to live this way if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um And because it was an emotional experience, it wasn't just a physical or materialistic of losing things or spiritual of feeling bankrupt and empty. It was a combination of all things. Um, And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm one of those people uh, that doesn't give up easily, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if I think it's going to work. Um, I sometimes, you know, what is that? Um, That theory of... Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Mm. Um, that was that's me do a t, and I don't learn the easy way, and so I have to go through pain, you know, to be willing to make changes and shifts and seek out a new way of doing things. And that's what I found in recovery, um, and it wasn't. The first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time or the sixth time you know it it it, it happened as it happened and as it unfolded mm-hmm. um and through those experiences i had to learn what does it mean for me to live my life now um in recovery you know we do recover you mm-hmm. know if if you're willing Yeah. you know and they say it. Recovery is, and this is sad to say, it's not just for people that want it. Because there's tons of people in the world that want recovery and they'll never get it. And there's tons of people in the world that um, need recovery and they will never get it. Um, The people who do get recovery are the people who do the work. Um, I'm extremely action-oriented. I'm not under the misconception that just because you decide you want to get sober that you can get sober. Um, because it's not my experience that Mm -hmm. may be somebody else's experience and that's absolutely okay. That is not mine. Mine is, is that there are specific things that I have to do every day to maintain my recovery, um, in order for me to have, uh, the life that I have today. Um, and I didn't get that concept those previous times. Mm. I understand that today. I don't want to say I understand it fully because that would be arrogant and also, um, I'm still learning, right, yeah. um, so.
1: How do you maintain your, sob- your, your sobriety, right, like your recovery, because you mentioned it's like a, a learning process, like you never, would you say that you reach end mark in recovery or, or how do you maintain it basically?
0: Never, I, I love that question because never do I think that I'm ever done learning, right, um, or that I got it. And, and if I do start to think that I got it, um, I'm in trouble. Um, because there's always things that I'm still learning um, and the ways that I continue to invest in my recovery is through time. Um, I have a, a life that, you know, I, I do what normal people do, but I still have to devote time to that um, because it's important. Like I said earlier, it's like if you have a... A physical disease or or something like that you take medication every single day to help to support that so you can stay healthy Um, that still that translates to my recovery you know I continue to do the things that I need to do daily to maintain that Um, one of the things that recovery did lead me to was the ability to find a a relationship with a power greater than myself which I am so grateful for growing up religious. Um, you're told who God is, um, and you're, you're shared with what that information is. Um, and you know, as an adult, we get to decide for ourselves, um, what it is that we believe. We don't have to accept what other people say is face value. And so in recovery, you know, the spiritual portion of my relationship with that power, um, allows for me to be continuing, you know, open and willing to uh, seek the answers that I don't know, you know, that I I experience on a daily basis. Um, So, you know, those are the things that I incorporate that allow me to continue to um, maintain, if you will, or to grow in my life.
1: And that's a great element. And I know a lot of people everywhere struggle with just the whole higher power thing or believing in something greater than themselves. Has that, have you always had like a strong relationship with your higher power or was it in the same way your recovery has been kind of like a transitional or growing process or.
0: It's a great question. So evolving Mm -hmm. is definitely what it has been. I think I had to change my, what my relationship was going to look like um, with my new defined understanding of that higher power. I think I I, I didn't, my previous uh, understanding didn't resonate and I wasn't connecting and I wasn't feeling um, a desire to have a relationship. Mm. And so I really had to shift that perspective of not necessarily changing every single belief that I had, but shifting to a concept that worked for me. To where I felt um, that that was somebody that I wanted to reach out to every day, that I wanted to tell my problems to, that I wanted to share my struggles and pains with. Um, I, I think it's kind of like having a friend. Um, if you have a friend and you're, you don't like that friend, I, why would you tell that person <laughs> things about your life? Like I wouldn't. Um, when you have a friend that you like, you're you, and who understands you, and who um, has your back no matter what, you want to share with them the struggles and the things that you're going through um, because you know that, that, that they're going to listen and that they're going to understand.
1: So A big argument that people that have uh, kind of are reluctant to go with a higher power or believe in that is that, well, I can't see, you know what I mean? And things like that what do you take from your higher power as connections or signs or like almost like affirmations that there is something out there having your back?
0: Yeah. Um, I would have to say my, my spiritual growth is not the burning bush experience. Um, I'm part of the, uh, as they call educational variety. Um, The more that I seek, the more I understand. I don't know who God is. And I will never say that I do. Um, I do know what God is not for me. And so with that knowledge, I can start to formulate the things that I do believe that to be. And as I get older, as I stay sober longer, as I experience life differently, um, that relationship and understanding evolves. And I, and for somebody who's struggling with you know, needing to see those experiences... Um, the best advice I think I ever got was be willing to be willing to do what you don't want to do because if you are seeking you will find and um, whatever capacity it may not be God whatever you call it whatever whatever concept you believe in whatever religion or anything like that you get to choose what that is you know you get to decide what you want to to believe in in, in this world uh, to sustain you, um, and you know I mentioned that my family was religious, and um, throughout that part of my life where we were separated, um, I never once wanted them to quit that religion. Um, that religion brought them happiness. My mom prayed to that God of her understanding, and my dad did, and that brought them peace and understanding. And just because they didn't understand me at that time didn't mean that I didn't want them to have somebody that was there to listen to them and to love them and understand them. Um, I had to experience for myself um, a shift in what that relationship with my higher power was going to look like. For me, it was now my time as an adult to redefine what that was. Um, so I just encourage anybody that's struggling with that to be open and willing to try things that they're not necessarily comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, because that's been probably my best advice uh, that I've had.
2: I have a question. It's a random one. So it's going back to being transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see a lot of internet and a lot of news. Um, have you ever experienced like discrimination or has someone been mean to you after being transgender?
0: People can be mean in general. It's an inherent trait that we all possess. <laughs> Definitely, I as well possess that. Um, I, I don't believe. I I have had people be mean to me. I I. If they have targeted or specifically pointed out that I'm transgendered, I I always assume it's, it's it's when somebody's mean to you, it's never, specifically about you. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. usually about them. Yeah. They always used to say, uh, you know, they're teasing you because they're jealous of you when you're growing up or they're saying those hurtful things because they want to be like you or whatever. Um, you know, uh, I have learned that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And that their pain is not my responsibility to fix um, your problem with me. Um, If I have a relationship with you, I'll want to understand and try and change that behavior Mm -hmm. because I love you and I want to do that for our relationship. But if you're a complete stranger, it's not my little red wagon to pull. It's Mm -hmm. yours. Um, And I just don't allow that to affect my life. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. it has happened. Um, It it just isn't something that's been really as prevalent or um, that I can recall as being, you know, detrimental to me, me as a human being. So... That's good then. Yeah, because yeah, I've been seeing some crazy stuff on the news. Yeah. yeah, there is a, there is a lot of there is a lot of hate out there. Yeah. I mean, just just because my experience is different than others doesn't discount the struggles that transgender women face. Yeah. Uh, because I'm one of many and my my voice is only for my voice. Um, the other women in this world have different struggles that they face daily and regularly and Experiences that they have that are completely different from mine, um, and so you know I I pray for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and support them. Um, you know I've done a lot of advocacy work with some charities here in the valley to support um, those women mm-hmm. that are going through those experiences, um, because a lot of people don't have support, like I said earlier, um, and they need. Um, people to be there, to love them. Um, and part of, like you mentioned the question about, you know, what I do for my recovery is giving back to those people, you know, showing up, listening, um, not thinking that I understand what they're going through. I think that's a big thing that we do in recovery is we say, I understand way too much. Um, because I don't understand everything that everybody's going through. Mm. Um, And and what I've tried to start doing is changing my vocabulary to, what you're going through is really hard. Um, And I just want you to know that I'm here for you. Because when you say, I understand, um, Mm. it sometimes takes away from what it is that they're going through. And it's kind of like a side sweep of, thanks for sharing, I understand, I too have Mm. experienced this, Um, you'll be fine. It's, it's brushing off their feelings or brushing off what they're going through so I think shifting you know our language to really start to truly hear people sometimes they just need someone to listen they don't really need advice I've learned that too sometimes they don't want to hear my advice that's fine um, I, I don't have all the answers so
1: well I guess that's it I mean I always typically ask but I feel like you've already answered it but I'll ask anyway just um, what kind of advice do you have for anyone in the rips of addiction right now
0: that's a hard question you don't have to suffer I guess unnecessarily um but I mean I know pain's a huge motivator that allows for us to want to do something different mm-hmm. um and, and to shift um but if you are new to this or maybe you're a returning visitor to joining recovery again um I can say from someone who has experienced that and who didn't believe that it was going to work for me or didn't believe that I had a place in this new life of recovery, um, that it does work. I mean, I'm ex- I've i experienced it um, and, and I've gone through, you know, several uh, instances of, of returning multiple times. So you're not alone. Uh, when you're ready, we're here for you. That's what I would say.
1: Good one. Well, thank you.
2: I, I like this one. Yeah. I actually love this episode. It's a good one.
1: You are so inspiring. I think you have such a heightened, like, sense of awareness. Yep. Um, And, like, I want to get like that. Like, you, you know, you just seem very objective. Like, you know, because you've obviously gone through shit. And, like, but you're always, like, so open to see the other perspective. Like, even, like, with your parents, right? Like, you... I can tell it's genuine that you're saying you know that's the best that's the best that they could do and like they didn't they didn't have the tools to understand me I don't even understand me. you know what I mean like the expectations that's one thing I always struggle with is um, having expectations of people and then I get disappointed right yeah. and it's like they're doing their best that they can too but that helps I like that just kind of like thinking about them right and understanding that they're doing the best they can. But I would like like you, Rob, i be lying if I say I'm always I'm always in that level because I could be a hateful, petty-ass bitch real quick and just be thinking about myself. But it's so much easier when you don't think about yourself. Like, it actually helps. Like, it does. It's so hard to get out of yourself. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Seriously, this was so refreshing and super, super different in the sense that it, it was a lot it was so authentic and it was so almost like, I don't know. It just, that it, was a good one. I feel one. good after Here's talking good to you. That was a good one. I will take my cash <laughs> <price>. <laughs> Somebody, somebody has score her out of the dough. And that's a wrap baby. We got my girl Jade, Kel. This was a good one. Super, super awesome. And just for the hell of it. One, two, three. We sober now, baby! We don't do no more drugs and no more alcohol, no, that's right.